Today's episode is brought to you by McLean Middleton, providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. This is another episode of Down to Business. I am your host, Amanda Andrews, the managing editor of New Hampshire Business Review, joined as always with Mike Cody, the editor of New Hampshire Magazine and New Hampshire Business Review. Thank you, Amanda. And joining us as our guest today is Ryan Barton, the CEO of Mainstay Technologies, which is an IT services firm that helps local businesses peruse the world of technology. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, There is a subject that is on a lot of people's minds, especially business owners, and that is uh, wonderful artificial intelligence. So I was wondering if you could give us uh, a little bit of a lowdown on what the AI is and because I know it can be, it's a little scary for a lot of people. So I was wondering if you could bring it down to earth for us. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to do my best with that. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking and working on this subject because I'm leading my own, our own tech services business that this will obviously have a seismic impact on the future of the IT department. And then we get to lead so many clients with their technology, their plans, their implementation, their support. And AI will have an enormous impact on our hundreds of clients and the things that we get and, and, and the, their industries. And then in addition to that, I also do a lot of volunteer nonprofit work with a group of cognitive scientists that's at the forefront of a lot of the research on the intelligence and what's happening. So I get to talk to some of the top researchers and innovators in this space. And it's sort of at the intersection of those three conversations that I find uh, a lot of fruitfulness in thinking about AI. So yeah, what is artificial intelligence? If we can just start there for a moment yeah. and contrast it with human intelligence. So you and I are biological organisms, right? We are we are biological systems running of lots of parts that end up having an intelligence that we're that is running that was evolved over very long periods of time that allows us to adapt to this world, to solve lots of different problems, to communicate with each other, but that runs on this biological substack, as it were. Well, artificial intelligence is the invention of an intelligence that runs on a technological substack. So a lot of times you hear people talk about it as technology or as a tool, and that's not wrong, but it's also not the full truth of artificial intelligence because it's not just another tool or another technology. It's actually the invention of like a new layer in reality, which is the same as intelligence as a layer that's running on our biology. This is a new layer of intelligence running on technology, and that's novel and history of the world, there has never been another intelligence other than humanity that we've encountered. And so now to actually encounter the glimmerings of this early nascent intelligence running on silicon is fascinating and wild. And there are unique aspects of artificial intelligence that's unlike human intelligence that make it very difficult to predict where it's going to go next. Yeah. um, But you are helping businesses sort of navigate the world of AI. Is that is that correct? Would you say? Well, the best that we can. I mean, I very much believe that the impact of AI will be seismic. I was talking to a professor the other day who, who teaches on AI and he used the metaphor of a tidal wave. And he said, you know, a tidal wave is coming for every business and business leader. We don't know exactly when it's going to hit. And some businesses will ride that tidal wave and actually be able to surf it, but many others will be crashed over by it. And so every industry, that tidal wave is a, a bit of a different ways away, but the seismic event has happened. It's a matter of the wave, the magnitude, the height, the 
the distance away that it is not, we can't predict exactly, but we can say this is what's coming. And there is an ability to begin to forecast. And I think that it's in a skill that every business leader needs to cultivate right now for our careers as professionals, for our businesses and for our industry to wrestle with how is this likely to impact? What are the multiple type, different types of futures that could result from this invention of AI and the development of it? Because what we have today is powerful, but this is just the beginning. I mean, there are billions of dollars being invested in this. I mean, have you ever seen the Hoover Dam, how big and amazing and awe-inspiring it is? Well, there's a Hoover Dam worth of investment every week going into AI, right? Like what they cost for that, the, the innovation that's being invested in these platforms is enormous. So we've got to get we got to get our minds around it enough that we can begin to predict it for our careers and our businesses. How about we talk about a few of the uh, of the ways AI is being used now? And I know from a consumer standpoint. If you go to your investment side of your bank, you might be dealing with a chat bot or we had a, 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 a um, Zoom call with someone today and on the, in the chat box side, it said, I am so-and-so's AI assistant. I'm going to be transcribing this call and blah, 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 blah. Um, and we're, we're starting to see those types of things in a small way. I did talk to some accountants and a networking group a couple months ago. And this guy said his firm and several other firms we're pitching in like a million bucks together to invest in AI in large part because not enough people are coming up in the CPA pipeline. Yes. So a couple of things to just lay the groundwork to have this conversation responsibly. One is that the artificial intelligence that we see today is really based around pattern matching and prediction uh, and these being prediction machines. And so if you think about these AIs as simulated technical brains that have been trained on vast amounts of data to predict the next um, pattern in a sequence. So if you feed them a million pictures of cats, they can predict the next cat. They're trained on language, like these large language models are, then you feed it the entirety of Moby Dick and you ask it to predict the last word and it can do that really, really well. You ask it to write the sequel and it can do that really, really well. And so they're a type of in intelligence that when you interact with these tools like ChatGPT, you're sort of blown away by the level of intelligence. I mean, they can write papers at post-college levels. They can have insights. They can dialogue to you in fascinating ways. And yet, if we were encountering a human who could write those kinds of papers and could dialogue with us, then we could project other types of intelligence that they would have, other intuition, other problem solving that, that these AI models just completely fail on. I mean, they can't tie their shoes. They can't cook you dinner. They can't solve their way out of the technology. They're not self-aware, not conscious, and they lack many of the different types of intelligence, the kind of logic and intuition and emotion and the other aspects of what we often think of when we say intelligence. And so they're brilliant in some areas and completely rudimentary non-existent in others. But when we look at the application, let's think about it in, um, in three ways. What has been, what's today, and what's coming. So what has been is that for years, there's been tremendous investment in AI. I mean, the, the idea of artificial intelligence has been around as long as the scientific enlightenment from the 17th century. The, the concepts of modern AI were laid down in the 50s. The uh, the early 2000s saw a lot of investment into these neural networks where AIs are being taught by training them with large data sets. Google Translate switched there to an AI back in, I believe it was 2017, and their translation got so much better overnight. If you remember before, it would be like garbledy gook if you ever yeah. use Google Translate. And so there's been a tremendous development in these AIs for years. Our credit cards, if you ever lose a credit card, the credit card companies are very, very good at detecting fraud because it's all AI models that predict what spending patterns you and I have and can detect an anomaly. That's all AI. So 
you know, Amazon, YouTube, Google have been run by AI for years. And there's been a tremendous investment in specialized AI models for different industries that now with all the buzz around AI, they're just getting huge market share. I mean, they're getting massive opportunities, free marketing, their companies are growing, but they're not really a part of some of the new vanguard of AI that's getting all the headlines. Those are really um, large language models. So these are AI models that have been trained on language with tremendous investment into the size and the power of them. So if you interact with ChatGPT, you're interacting with one of the best artificial intelligence that has ever been created that's then just given away to the public with this powerful mode of chat and these different ways of interacting through speech and image and text now. And those AI models are getting incredibly sophisticated and powerful, and they're more general use. So Google is investing a ton. OpenAI obviously is. There's a race among the top tech giants to own these big, powerful LLMs. Now, what's coming is obviously a continued investment in what was happening before, all the specialized AI models, all the ways that we were seeing that this was kind of creeping into our life as it was. Then there's the growth of intelligence of these big publicly available models. But what's coming that's really fascinating is companies that are taking these large language models, these big intelligent models that are gaining capabilities every day and actually tuning them for business. Actually saying, how do we use this for the CPA firm so that it's specialized, it uses the right sources, it can recognize tax data, can put things in the right form, it works with you as a partner, it knows your software. That's where the real power to small and mid-sized business is going to come. As the powerful enterprise-level AIs get trained, tuned, and integrated into the industry, and that hasn't happened yet, but that's what's coming. That's what a lot of people are working on is that specific tuning. If you don't have that tuning, then using the publicly available AIs right now is a little bit like having an intern on day one. And it's like, well, Todd's in the corner and Todd's smart, but are you going to use Todd? If he shows up, if you have an intern show up at NHBR tomorrow, you got to think, well, what would I have him do? And maybe this, maybe make this PowerPoint. You know what? It's faster for me to do it myself. That's a lot of people's experience in the business world of the AI now. So it's thinking about what process can we integrate it with? And then how do they get tuned, secured, integrated, custom tailored for the industry? And that's the tidal wave that's coming for a lot of different industries and businesses is when that loop completes which is the enterprise power of these big AIs tuned and implemented for a specific business and then actually hitting the ground running and saving the time, mm -hmm. increasing customer experience, changing the business model. That's what's coming for most of us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. McLean Middleton is one of New England's premier full-service law firms, with headquarters in Manchester, New Hampshire, and offices in Concord and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and Woburn in Boston, Massachusetts. McLean Middleton has over 100 attorneys in five locations and has been providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. A full-service law firm with practice areas in corporate, tax, employment, litigation, trusts and estates, energy and environment, intellectual property and privacy, and data security, to name just a few. McLean Middleton's commitment to their clients, community, and colleagues has helped them to establish and maintain long-standing relationships as trusted advisors. Whether you are starting your business, growing your business, or preparing to sell your business, McLean Middleton has the experience to guide you through the complexities of the legal system. For a complete listing of their practice areas, attorneys, and locations, visit www.mclane.com.
what sort of advice would you have? Because I know that in New Hampshire, we may have a lot of sticklers for the old way of doing things. And maybe some people, you know, I don't want to speak for the entire state, but, you know, if we, oh, AI is, it's just a thing. I don't want to even have to worry about it. Um, I don't have to think about it. It doesn't apply to my business. What what sort of advice would you have for people like to to maybe try using something with AI to help them with their processes or their day-to-day logistics? Yeah, the first thing that I would say is that someone who thinks that AI isn't going to impact their business significantly, it isn't going to make a change and isn't worth the attention, that they may be right. Like every new technology goes through a hype cycle and there's these inflated expectations and then there's this disappointment of reality and then it grows over time into its right place. And we don't know where we are in the AI hype cycle because this has been around in so many ways and there's a lot of hype, but there's a lot of reality. It's really hard to see through this kind of murky churned up water that we're in right now. And there's a real chance that like, it's way harder to make them more intelligent than we think. We can't get past the last percentage of hallucinations that keep it from being effective in business, that we're not going to see the wild growth of intelligence that's being projected, and that this doesn't impact small to mid-sized business, at least not for decades. That's a real possibility. Mm. I don't like to bank my career or my business on possibilities. I like to cover as many possibilities as I can. So I want to prepare for that future, which means I'm not betting the farm on AI, but I also want to prepare for the future where AI really does uh, result in the promise that we think that it does and that it's being projected to. And in that case, then I have three very specific recommendations for any, and this is true for a professional, for business leader, for business owner. And the first is to get close to innovators within your industry, within your space. Find the people who are leading this, the software vendors who are the most thoughtful, the people who are at the cutting edge, even if they're at the enterprise level. So a lot of us at small and mid-sized business, like Mainstay has just under 100 teammates. We don't have access to the enterprise software that huge IT departments have access to, huge IT companies do. But those that's who we're watching and paying attention to because that's what's going to come for small and mid-sized business eventually. And they're way ahead in this space. So mm-hmm. Find the innovators, even if they're in big enterprises, and get close to that because that's that's how you can tell the future for your industry. That's my first biggest recommendation. The second is play with these publicly available LLMs now. Get good at it. We need to develop the skill, the felicity for seeing where they're smart, how they interact, play with them, actually start to use them, put the app on your phone, pay the 20 bucks a month that it is right now as of you know fall of 2023 for GPT-4, which is the more advanced intelligence in chat GPT. Use that. Ask it questions for your business. Like, like, Start to see if there are processes within your organization. I was talking to a business owner the other day who has gone very deep into this for report generation. They have to create reports that take about 40 hours for their clients. They've gotten it down to four hours with really advanced half-page custom prompting just with GPT-4, with publicly available. They're saving tremendous amounts of time in that area of business. Or marketing departments who are using it for creative idea generation and for rough drafts or for editing. I don't tend to love the the first drafts from AI, I think they feel a little cold. There's something about humanity's interaction with the muse, right? Like the creative muse that's different yep. than AI doesn't have, but it's really helpful for editing for like, hey, I need a second, I need a, someone to read this for a second draft. Mm. Find ways to use this where you can partner with it. That's my second recommendation. 
And the third is to just work regularly to update knowledge, to be paranoid, to update your predictions, to watch what's happened. You know, I don't want to be cliche, but none of us wants to be the taxi company before, right before Uber showed up, right? And AI has that kind of disruptive potential in various industries. And so the only way we can do this is just update our predictions regularly. Like every prediction that I have right now is wrong to some degree. And in three months, I'll have a different set, another three months, a different set. But we constantly try to calibrate these predictions and gain the knowledge to do so. And I think those three recommendations can give us a lot of safety and a lot of guidance for the future without having to take millions of dollars or hundreds of hours of time, just a little bit of concerted effort. Mm -hmm. How does that land with you? How do, what do you think of that? Well, well, we're already seeing, we're already looking at ways. Can we, some of the things that we generate calendar listings and certain kinds of um, um, briefs that could be helped by an AI editing system, things that, take too much time to do for the amount of, you know, the, the bang for the buck kind of thing. Yes. That, that, that no one really wants to do that aren't creative. And I'm glad you said, you said you don't like the first, the first drafts from AI because being in our business, that's, that's how we try to stand apart. But there are a lot of things like, I think um, Associated Press and there, there's some big organizations using AI and working with it to, you know, look at stock, you know, uh, stock reports and, um you know, company financials to spend on a brief when a company puts out a quarterly release, that kind of stuff where it's just sifting through and finding the earnings per share, stuff that doesn't need to have a, a human, you know, a, a, a writerly touch. It just needs to have the, the correct information. Yeah, sorting, pattern matching, that's the thing that AI, where it really shines. And I agree, there's something about humanity, the human relationship that, I think we need to preserve and value. And actually, I think most of us will lean into human-generated art. There's something about AI-generated art that feels alien. Like you feel like it's not drawing you deeper into beauty. It's kind of like, this is cool, but the longer I look at it, the slightly disturbed I feel within mm -hmm. as I look at AI-generated art. Whereas you look at something by Leonardo da Vinci, you feel more human, more drawn mm -hmm. into beauty. And I think we're gonna have to wrestle with all of that as a culture, which means that each of us, the way that we use AI, we're voting with our feet about the kind of AI market that we want to have. And if we don't want to have a world filled with generic blog posts and hallucinated news and crappy art, well, then we need to actually use this wisely and spend our time and attention on good uses for it and our dollars on good, elegant uses of AI. I guess, um, you know, a lot of the workforce side of this is on people's minds as well. And, you know, there, while it can help you work more efficiently, um, I guess a lot of people are still, you know, worried about their jobs being replaced, but I feel like AI also has the opportunity to, you know, there's, you need people to drive it and, and, you know, guide it into where you want it to be. So I'm curious as to your thoughts on that whole, the workforce angle and, um, how you feel that people can, either rest, be rest assured or know that there's going to be more opportunity there? It's a huge question. And it's yeah. set within this massive sort of existential crisis that AI is foisting on us. I mean, Max Tegmark is an MIT researcher and arguably the leading AI safety researcher in the world. And he says, 
that AI will lead to utopia or dystopia. He doesn't see a lot of in between. Mm. Now, that's obviously someone who is very, very bullish on the potential that AI can be. And there are limitations of intelligence that, that may make that not true. But it, it is a huge question of what the future of culture will look like with an AI integration as this becomes more powerful. What I would say is that I worry about it too. And I worry that you know, the AI economy may not be generative in jobs in the way that other technical innovations have, because this isn't just partnering with us to make us better at what we do. Intelligence can replace what we're doing. Like this is the invention of an intelligence that is decision-making and can be given agency in the world. It's not just something that extends my agency, which is what technology tools have done in the past. And so there is something fundamentally different. Now, when we went from an agrarian society to an industrial society, there was an upheaval and everybody got new jobs and there were far more jobs. And people have worried every time the automobile was going to put out all the farm, you know, all the horse yeah. uh, industry, right? And it did, but it created far more jobs in this place. Maybe I will do that. Maybe not. What I would say is that this is why I feel an urgency about this now and an urgency to communicate on this now is that the sooner we get ahead of this as business leaders, as professionals, whether that we're just working in the job or we own the business, the sooner we get in, the more control we'll have over how this goes. The more we can partner with AI, the more opportunities we'll have in our career. You and I can't slow this down. We don't have that power. We can't slow down the forces that are generating the intelligence here, but we can choose to partner with it. And the sooner that we do, the more virtuous we might be able to be about that. The more a company might be able to use this in ways that don't induce a layoff. The more someone might be able to use this in ways that are elegant and don't cost a job. And I would also just say that there is a level of time to this, that even if for most businesses, let's just say that AI made them wildly more efficient and they were 10% per year more efficient. They need to hire 10% less staff. Well, if the combination of your staff attrition rate and your growth rate is more than 10%, right? The number of people that you lose and that you would normally hire is more than 10%. You're not doing layoffs. You're just hiring less people. And so the sort of threat within companies can be really neutralized. Like I stand up front of Mainstay and I say, look, Mainstay, we try to grow 20% a year. We don't want to grow much more than that because we like consistent growth. Mm. And here's all the growth that we have. We would have to have efficiencies so far beyond that for it to cost someone their job. But it might cost future job creation, but that's okay. Let's all partner with this. And we're all playing yeah. with AI. We're all using it all on one team trying to get ahead of this. Yeah. I see some of this as similar to robotics and factories, right? I went to a small factory once and they had they had a robot that was doing basically tasks that humans aren't very good at because they're very repetitive and monotonous. And there was still somebody that needed to program, but it had a very specific function. And AI seems to be where some of the things, some of the tasks, it, it does a repetitive task and tasks that, may, that don't, don't involve a lot of creativity. Yeah. I, th I think of AI development as sort of a rising waterline. And when it comes to jobs and first it fills a lot of the tasks that we don't want to do. Yeah. And it fills a lot of the jobs that people aren't good at and aren't great. And it sort of takes care of some of the problem of, look, there's still a hiring crunch. I mean, unemployment is incredibly low. There's a lot that AI can do before it actually starts feeling like it's taking jobs or causing layoffs. Yeah. But the question is, can this technological intelligence keep on growing? Can it keep getting mm -hmm. smarter in all of its dimensions of intelligence and the amount of IQ that it has. And then at some point it keeps coming. And if it comes for all of us, well, then we just have to figure out as a society how none of us are working and we're all able to live well. Yep. And then we get to go and you know meditate and find inner peace and enlightenment and pursue other things. And that's how, that's a beautiful future. We just got to navigate that's that out. That's great. <laughs> so I guess, uh, 
you know, you, we're just going to have to keep hearing from you and, to learn what's happening. <laughs> well, thank you. If that's an invitation, I would love to come back, but this has been a real joy to talk. And it is something where like, yeah, we all have to pay a lot of attention to what is what's happening in this industry because it is moving very fast and there's a lot of uncertainty. There are things that we know that we can project. And there's a lot of uncertainty still. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say thanks, Ryan. Yeah, and, and, and I think of our company, our parent, you know, flagship magazine is Yankee Magazine and the old Farmer's Almanac. And our CEO is talking about how do we use AI? That yeah. tells you how far along it's coming. Yep. Yes, it's great. And that's where I think OpenAI very intentionally did all of us a favor, which is to say a lot's coming. We're going to release something powerful now that's rough with ChatGBT. You get everyone talking about it. That was their goal. And we're all talking about it. Now we had to take some action. It's like we yep. can find one place to implement it, one thing to try, one industry leader to follow. Then we can begin to take action towards this to prepare for the future that's coming. Well, I think that's a great way to end. Um, but thank you, Ryan, for you know, talking with us and hopefully we'll definitely have more follow-ups because this is definitely, as you say, just the beginning. So there's a lot more to learn and um, I'm sure we'll be speaking with you again shortly, but thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. This is a joy. Watching a master's class, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, you get to sign up for what the celebrities share, share their secrets. So we yeah. really appreciate you sharing everything with us today. Oh, it's incredibly kind of you. This was a joy. Thank you. All right. And to everybody listening, be well.